We're back. That's right. Season two of Foreign Devs is here, and we're hot wiring this episode like we're taking your grandma's car for a joyride. And yes, I've got we... Victor finally yes. back. And uh, yeah, let's kick this thing off. Yeah, so. happy to be back. Obviously, it's it's been a minute since we've we've done these, but we're back. So it doesn't matter now. We're back. We're back. So actually, where we last left off, uh, I had mentioned you were in the Gulf Coast, uh, Gulf of Mexico doing a video and photo shoot out there and then like a few days later i flip on the tv and i see this commotion about a hurricane and i think i text you asking where you were you know thought maybe you had gone back to charleston you sent me the screenshot of your maps app showing you like just off center of the eye of the hurricane so That's that right. must have been some fun over there yeah so basically we, we we did everything we had to do all the prep work weeks of prep work to get there we get there and hurricane hits two days later we sit in the house for the rest, basically for an entire week with all the boats just sitting outside waiting for us and just really bad weather, you know, unsafe for us to go out. So we had no, nothing to do. It yeah, really, really yeah. sucked. And, you know, the worst part about that is, you know, we didn't get what we needed. We didn't get the content that we went out to get. And I did learn a lesson on that one. That was, you know, we, we had kind of bet all our eggs in the one basket and we took all of our boats to the same place at the same time for that one week and a half, which makes it a lot easier logistically speaking. But when something like that happens, then you're left with nothing. Yeah, and so yeah. we lost all that we had. We done, you know, three or four boats and smaller chunks and more shoots. And that would have worked out better for us eventually, but we didn't do that. Uh, so hindsight is 2020. And, uh, well, you got some of your new bigger boats, you know, you got some battleship footage you know really showing what they yeah. can take on out there yeah we did do that so right before the hurricane hit we we said it's kind of like a once in a lifetime chance that we get to go out and show our boats in uh less than than nice conditions and and we did we took them out nice shirt and we oh, took them nice, out nice. and uh you know that's uh that's what we did we got some great footage and uh, we actually went out for about two hours we were there for maybe 15 20 minutes Half the staff was throwing up on the side of the boats and said, you know what? It's probably a little unsafe that we're out here. Let's go back in. And sure, sure enough, we drove another two and a half hours back because on the ride back, it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And then we sat for a week. And then um, we did manage to lose some equipment while we were out there, too. I don't think I even told you this story. No, no, no. So we're, we're sitting. We're, we're kind of just idling around waiting for because we were fishing technically offshore. You know, well, not technically. We were. 40 miles offshore. So the camera boat, when the camera boat's nothing happening while there's no fishing, right? Because otherwise you're just watching people holding their fishing rods. You know, it's not, not a thing. So we're waiting around and uh, all of a sudden I look back and there's this big wave coming. It's just coming <laughs> over the back of the boat. And uh, I look at Michael, our videographer said, Michael, the camera. And he like, it's, it's just sitting on the floor on the big rig. He like puts his body over it. And this this wave just comes from behind him and just like right over the top of it. And um, we lost the cheapest part that we could possibly lose, which was fantastic. It was just the follow focus um, remote. That's the only thing I got. But, you know, the red was good. The Ronin was good. Everything was fine. And we're like, oh, man, this could have been really bad. That's kind of the, around the time we're like, we should probably just, uh, you know, head back inside, not waste this $50,000 rig out here. So we did. It was fun, yeah. though. We got some footage, you know, towards the latter part of the week, maybe two or three days we got of just gray skies, but we got somewhat what we needed. Not really, but I learned that lesson. You know, I think from here on out, we're definitely going to 
do smaller shoots, which logistically is really difficult. And it's always a difficult thing to get everybody together for a week and a half and do 15 boats. But again, when this happens, then you're left with nothing. You know, had we had three separate smaller shoots, it would have been better. But here we are. Yeah. yeah and talking of uh, about, you know, gear and waves, you know, we've been... Um the videos I've been shooting with my videographer, Sean, um, we've been trying to get some more, more close up action shots. So what we're usually doing is that the camera boat is sitting still or maybe at a very slow pace moving forward. And then we'll have the other boat do a few laps around and we want, you know, to generate some wake, you know, we want some waves, but what happens is when Sean's focusing, you know, that for that one shot, you know, pointing the camera, holding it, you know, in, uh, in one position, sometimes those waves will just sneak up on him. And, Oof. you know, yeah. it's, uh, it's easy to just try some gear out there. Um, no, it really, it really is. And, you know, I, we do get customers who want to see, you know, some really, really rough weather stuff. And I completely understand that. Unfortunately, it's so difficult to shoot, you know, and you don't want to get the drone up in the air when you got 30, 40 mile an hour crosswinds, just, just catching it back on the boat makes oh, it extremely difficult, makes absolutely. it unsafe for us to be out there. And so it's such a difficult thing because of course they want to see the boat in the absolute worst condition they can see it. And it's also the worst condition you could possibly shoot it in. It's not, you know, so it's, it's makes it a difficult thing for us. And that's why most videos you see are not in rough water it's just not yeah, not worth yeah. it. and and the other thing is is which is the natural characteristics of cameras um you know you could have five foot waves out there that end up looking like two footers yeah um, like you're in a pool yeah yeah it's uh so it's it's hard to demonstrate that sometimes and um you know with if you're shooting with a stabilizer trying to shoot you know boat to boat it's it's easy to destroy some gear just from the uh, hard impacts. Um, yep. You know. Yeah. Speaking of gear, we we've, we've been so we've been shooting almost exclusively on on red cameras, and they're very expensive and they're really not waterproof in any way, shape, or form. So, and they're you know because they're so pricey, it's difficult to to have three or four of them. You know. So the Sony just released a new A7S3, okay. which actually shoots 4K video at 120. And it's a relatively inexpensive camera for, you know, for that level camera. So we're actually going to order up one and uh, Test it out. see what kind of video quality we get out of it. Because it's, you know, it's a much smaller camera, but she still shoots 4K at 120 frames per second, which is okay. the first camera that does that, that is not, you know, a full-blown red or something more, more expensive. So we're going to be trying out some new gear. So I'm excited for that. The weather is, right now is definitely not, you know, boating weather. That's actually... One of our dealers posted a picture today, and it was um, they set up this mostly because of because of COVID. Obviously, all the events have been canceled; nobody's going to anything. So they got extremely creative, and what they ended up doing was they set up a tent in their parking lot that is basically the size of their parking lot, and they packed in as many boats as they possibly could in it. And so it's snowing outside right now; they got like twelve inches of snow, but this is a you know a tent, and it's heated. And so they posted a picture of if your dealership looks like this, and this is a picture of just boats basically covered in snow, then come visit us here. And then it's a picture of the interior <laughs> heated, you know, and it's yeah. it's absolutely hilarious, but it's, they're smart. You know what yeah. I mean? They're just yeah. 
finding ways, creative ways to just continue to drive traffic to their dealership, even in a time where typically they just don't, you know, they just don't get anybody because again, 12 inches, no, you're not thinking it's boating let's season. Go boating, yeah. Yeah. Let's go boating. It's, it's so cold outside. Let's just go out on the boat, honey. Nobody has ever said that. So yep. it's, um, I was very proud of them coming up with that idea. Obviously it costs a lot of money, but they're gonna, they're gonna make, you know, way more than they spent. And, uh, Oh, absolutely. And you, you need to be creative in, in these times. And, um, you know, I, I did write an article over at Melt Thoughts a few weeks ago about how easy it is to just say, oh, we'll make, you know, virtual boat show. We're just going to slap some product images on a website and, you know, people can click, but you lose that entire element of discovery. And the example I used there was, you know, you're a fan of Disney. I'm a fan of Disney. Imagine showing a showing a kid a pre-recorded video walking around Disney. They'd lose, you know, they'd lose any interest in it in seconds. Right. Um, now, if you did a live video and, you know, someone walking around it, you could say, hey, what's that over there? And he takes you over to Mickey Mouse and they chat with your kids. And it's entirely different. That interaction just completely changes it. You have that element of discovery. You know, you right. have this right. real interaction. Um you know, it, it's, there's so much opportunity to be creative and it's just disappointing when we see these bigger companies who, you know, boat show exhibitors are, are, are sorry, boat show uh, event organizers and so forth, not taking advantage of the opportunity or not, you know, really trying to be creative. Um but yeah, yeah. Um, props to that dealer for doing that. That's that's awesome. Yeah, we've definitely haven't we we as a as an industry or as, as a whole in general, I haven't seen anybody kind of nail it. Like bring on that hands touching experience, you know, element to any sort of virtual event. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's it's just obviously everybody's doing them now. There's no other choice, you know. But someone's gonna figure it out. You know, someone I'm sure will come up with some creative ways to of doing that you know and part of our of our plan too is we have been steadily looking at you know 3d modeling um software that we can incorporate into the site or even you know an app or something like that to create more immersive experiences you know when they're customizing their boat and it's not not, not just looking at a bunch of text but rather getting some visualization on that yep, yep. but there are some some serious challenges with that you know and obviously we're we're trying to work our way through them because we don't want to just do it one year and just forget about it you know this is a project for every single year we also don't want it to be dated we don't want it to be the wrong information or the wrong colors you know so we want to maintain control over that you know and um you know one of the things that has kind of happened throughout the time that we haven't been online on the podcast is I, I actually took a huge promotion. Yeah. Congratulations and, on that. I yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Later, yeah. But you know, with that, unfortunately that means that I get less time to work on some of these quote unquote, you know, lower scale projects. You know, I kind of have to delegate some of this stuff and, and that has kind of been my challenge over the last, you know, three to four months is just understanding my new position, my new role, how it interacts with, you know, it's not the same anymore, right? I'm not, I don't have the time to dedicate. You're not your hands dirty, dirty and everything that yeah. you possibly could want to, you know? And I, yeah, I, I mean, can understand that being tough. I had yeah. six meetings today. 
It's just insane. It's like you leave one meeting, you go to another one, and they're all equally important. I'm not saying that the meetings, that any of them I could have skipped, you know, because every single one had an importance for one aspect of the business. And we make so many decisions in one meeting that it's difficult to to say, well, that was a waste of an hour. No, it really wasn't. You know what I mean? We, we did get a lot done. But at the same time, it means it's, you know, another hour I don't get to spend, you know, tinkering on the website, you know, maybe getting yeah. something right yeah. or tinkering on this design and making it perfect or looking at colors and seeing how everything blends in. So it's been a huge shift for me um, to do that, you know, but I love a great challenge, you know, unfortunately I don't get to write as much code as I, you know, did before, but. Yeah. You know, my, my brother, um, and I don't think I spoke about it at all in the previous episodes. He just took on, took on a similar change in his career where he went from, um doing the work you know getting his hands dirty to now managing a team of people who who um basically create the software uh that he used to use and um it's been a great change for him but one of the concerns he had going into it was he really enjoyed what he did and would he regret you know walking away from that um you know that's that's in in opportunities that have come out you know that's uh something that scared me often is am i going to regret you know missing the creative challenge you know being able to tackle things that i'm passionate about uh when overseeing you know other projects yeah bigger Um, teams you know the i think it's called opportunity cost you know uh you with every opportunity you say yes to you possibly miss out on something something else um, yeah. So you know, yeah. But um, yeah. I think think um, you know, with while you're not getting your hands dirty in um, some of the smaller projects, you know, you're tackling much bigger ones that change the direction of the company and have a greater impact, which uh, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I I strongly believe that you know we we sort of get paid based on the importance of the decisions that we get to make. You know what I mean? As, as you, as you progress through your career, you, you make more money ultimately because you have to make bigger, more difficult decisions that require more knowledge and more experience, more responsibility. You got to take it on. I mean, you know, you say yes to something, then you got to back it up. You know what I mean? It's not just making the decision and walking away. You know, you make the decision and then you get your team to follow up to actually make the decision worth it or make it happen. You know? And so it's, it's a totally different angle. I've enjoyed it very much. I'm not saying that in, in one bit, you know, but it's definitely been a, a big shift. And, you know, one of the things is, you know, with all this, this COVID things happening, you know, one of the topics I wanted to bring up is just mental health. You know I mean? That's something that I've actually been struggling with, right? Which I've never really struggled with before, before this. And, and, you know, it all kind of started kind of small, you know, you go to the store, you come back and you, you, you feel like you've got all these symptoms, you know, and, and you really don't. And it's, 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 it's all mental, right? So it's that mental game, it's that mental game too, to not get drained out, you know, um, or, or reach for another cup of coffee, you know, and move on and continue yeah. to do that. I mean, burnout, you know, mentally. And that's been, I've been experiencing just mental burnout, you know, and it's one of the reasons why I've been kind of absent from the YouTube channel too. It's just when I get home, I don't have any energy capacity to, do anything that I feel would be, you know, worthy of it and feel guilty in a way because, you know, I worked really hard to build the channel to where it is today. But, you know, at the same time, I don't want to put out something that is less than 
my very best. Yep, yep. You know, but I've been definitely struggling with some some mental health, just staying staying focused, not getting anxious. Anxiety has been kind of gets over you sometimes and you you just can't you can't get out of it. You know, and it's very difficult. Yeah. Um, you know, I, we were supposed to record this episode last night and, and, uh, I've been trying to keep things, you know, uh, under control, but that just blew a fuse. Um, and a lot of it was just little things that have been eating at me. Um, you know, working from home for eight months, uh, last year was, and just, I mean, completely not, you know, seeing anyone at the office, et cetera, was, it was a little bit of a challenge, but the um, you know the further we got into it things were very comfortable and one of the things i appreciated is uh i was distant distance from a lot of the distractions a lot of um you know drama that can be in the office and uh going back to the office at one point um you know that was one of the concerns i've had and you know sure enough it's something that's come up sometimes you just have groups of people when maybe they're bored or maybe they just want to go against the grain with the, um, you know, certain changes in the company to make, make things inconvenient for others. And yesterday was one of those days where, you know, a few little pieces just got to me and said, you know, let's hold off on that episode. I was in, in, in yeah. too bad a mood. And then, uh, um, yeah, I was, I was surprised when you, when yeah. you said, Hey, you know, let's just, let's just do it tomorrow. I said, man, we, I know he was looking forward to it. So it must've been something, something big for sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, continuing the talk on mental health, um, you know, it's something on, on other side, you know, away from work. Um, and this is something, you know, we, we've heard from many others and, you know, we decided to open up and, and share about this, me and my wife, Donna. Um, so, uh, back, uh, Last fall, we found out um, we were expecting, and we've been trying for for many years to have a kid, uh, have a baby, start a family, and um, man, that was that was really exciting. And the months flew by, um, you know, and things really got excited when you could start feeling baby kick, and and uh, you know, I was hammering away. You know, all of a sudden the projects at home changed. We were converting one of the rooms into baby room. Uh, we were getting certain things done, getting ready for a baby shower that was supposed to happen last weekend. And um, and then actually on my wife's birthday, during a routine checkup, um, they found a doctor's found a large heart tumor. And uh, about four weeks from there, we, we lost the baby. And, uh, you know, it's I somehow had the I knew I had to, you know, support her through all this. Um, so it didn't hit me, you know, really until afterwards, um, you know, and just, uh, you know, really, really been thinking about the mental health, you know, and, um, just really about how every little thing in our lives, you know, work home, you know, all comes into that picture. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's challenging times because, you know, I'd love to, you know, take her on a vacation and, um, you know, right. Right. In, Just in, escape. In, yeah. Escape. You know, that's a good word for it. Escape or, um, you know, even now Valentine's day is coming out, you know, coming right. around the corner, you know, to have a nice dinner, go out. And there's this like, um, grip, you know, just the world's in a 
upside down state and and uh, we just gotta wait it out and hope you know hope things at some point do get back to a little bit more normal absolutely i mean you know that that is unfortunately you know that's one of those things that happens in your life and it's 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 a lifetime of just getting you know getting through it you know yeah, I mean? it's not it, yeah. it's not a, yeah. yeah you know i mean it's it's really all it is it's a you know an, an extremely unfortunate thing that happened to you guys you know and i and i i don't even know what to say you know yeah, when you first I don't when you first told anything. me the story i just yeah. I, I don't you know it's very very difficult you know and it, and it could definitely take a toll on your mental health i could you know 1000% <laughs> know that that's that's a fact on that one you know but you got to keep on pushing through you know oh, how's she doing uh, you know, it's, it's ups and downs, ups and downs. But you know, she's a she's a champion. She's a she's a yeah, a fighter. Um, but you know, a lot of it's just the this is all new for us, and uh, and and um, yeah, you know, working through it day by day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, let's let's shift gears here a little bit. Absolutely. You know, and. Um, Another topic I want to bring up, and we've kind of brought this up a little bit, a couple of times on the, in an episode, but it's, you know, sometimes when we are working on projects, you know, we just want to make them absolutely perfect, you know, and we have this this idea that we're going to make the perfect software or the perfect piece of paper that, you know, video, whatever you end up doing the first time around. It's just simply not the case, you know, and it has been such a learning experience for me to be okay with knowing that it's not 100% of the way, but we are closer today than we were yesterday, you know, and I've never had maybe such a long running project, you know, that it took years and I've iterated on over years, over years, over years. And now that I do, you know, it the the work pays off. There's no question in my mind the work pays off. You know, and even when I thought I had nailed it, I came back maybe six months later and nailed it again, you know, and made it even better. You know, and the iteration is really it's where it's at. I mean, there is just no way. And that's why I guess software has version numbers. You know what I mean? Version one is never perfect. There's always version yeah. twenty-five, you know, and we gotta get, you know, and I feel like this happens to a lot of young, you know, guys starting out, young developers and they just want to make it perfect the first time around. It's just, it's just not true. It's not a real, yeah. no. it's not realistic, you know? So that's, that's my advice, you know, on that. I know we've mentioned this in the podcast before, but it's such an important lesson to, to know and grasp and understand and, and be patient enough. And I guess it comes with your maturity level. You know, it's, you got to be patient enough to know that it's not where you want it to be yet. But if you keep working on it tomorrow, it's going to be closer. I'm not saying tomorrow it's going to be, but it's going to be closer and then closer well, and then closer, you know. Absolutely. There's no, no, you know, nothing wrong with those, you know, 1% gains. Um, you know, often in the industry, I talk about the website project you and I tackled years ago. Yeah. And it's seen as this, you know, overnight success where we just launched version one and that was it. No, you know, we right. kept hammering. We, we were brainstorming, you know, for, you know, even after the site launched, it's all a year, just these little increments, uh, little uh, refinements, you know, that all, you know, at the end of the day came together and made something great. But, um, but it wasn't just, you know, Hey, version one was, was it. And, and, uh, you know, we quit there. No, it's, um, 
it's a lot of fun polishing the details and and um you know everyone's in search of or everyone likes that low-hanging fruit where you know you had great success but right there's a lot to be said about those small little details yeah i mean you know as far as low-hanging fruit you know obviously that's always the easiest part that you can tackle and you can just go ahead and just tackle and be done with it you know but at some point you got to slow down you got to actually polish you know all the details all right so one of the items i had on my list was and i know you're going to be disappointed with this but uh dum 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 adobe flash was finally killed off i can't believe it was still alive yeah the that thing died years ago no stop all right you, so get, the, you so gotta the, give us the full news what so do you the, mean i heard it on the this week in tech podcast with leo laporte um the story was Love actually that, that someone forgot to send the memo over to a chinese railroad <laughs> operations company and for 16 hours trains didn't run in china because their scheduling system or something like that was based off Adobe Flash. And I'm just like, Shush. you got to be kidding me. Is that a and, serious thing? And, <laughs> and this, it was like the same day, uh, one of the guys at work starts asking me, hey, uh, how do we get a Adobe Flash, you know, working on PC? Oh, so, what? You know, <laughs> uh, I said, you know, I, I really, I really try to avoid, you know, Adobe Flash and even more so, I try to avoid PCs. You know, I, just Google it or something. I'm like, Google it. well, it turns out someone had also forgot to send the memo out to the web development team of one of the largest marine uh, engine manufacturers out there, you know, publicly traded company. Uh, so their dealer portal where dealers can order parts and view warranty statuses. A lot of it had flash components. I'm like, no. no one in the last 10, 15 years, you know, wow. put any urgency in getting rid of flash? Wow. Well, you know, Steve Jobs killed that one. He, oh, yeah. Oh, I was, he, you know. He crushed it. <laughs> I, I, was such a, I was on that side of the fight. You know, I had friends, developers, you know, people who made their careers on, on developing flash. And um, I'm actually reading shoot, what is the book? It's like uh, the history of uh, website design. Um, it's It just came out last Christmas. Uh, great book, but a lot of it's focused on um, on Flash sites. And it's great taking a look back. And a lot of it was these, they weren't developers, but they were just uh, people with a vision and how easy Flash, uh, right. or how easily Flash allowed them to make their vision of reality on the internet. Um, right. So we don't have that nowadays, really. Um, no. You know, there there probably is that little bit of um, you know creativity missing because you you have to be a developer, and more right. so the the what am I looking for here? The learning learning curve is so steep. You know, all right. the things you have to learn nowadays, you know, it's not just HTML, it's it's so much more. Um, and even just figuring out where to start is is a steep hill. So, um, yeah, it's, it's inter interesting to get a look back, but I, I just could not believe Flash That's was pretty, still out there somewhere. Pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah I just finished a, a podcast too. It's called uh, Go For Broke. Okay. And it's it's about basically the, the 90s boom you know, the 90s.com boom, and eventually it's crash. And um, it, it's, it's so interesting because we got to live through it. You know, we, we, 
we were there. I remember when we, when we went to the store and bought our very first, you know, modem and 20, I think it was a 14.4 and then yeah, we got yeah. like a 28.6 or 28 point. I don't even remember what it was. 28.6 K. And that was like the coolest thing ever. Right. And no, don't answer the phone. Cause it'll get disconnected. You know, yeah, yeah. went through that whole thing and they, they tell the story of pets.com and how basically pets.com failed because there was just the infrastructure wasn't there at all. You know I mean? Nobody was shipping 50 pound, 50 pound bags of dog food through UPS. Like that wasn't a thing. And now yeah. today, like, of course you would order your, your stuff online, you know what I mean? And, but ultimately the infrastructure wasn't there. They went public, it failed. And, and ultimately they obviously they don't exist anymore. Yeah, so, yeah. but you know, it was, it was so cool to see sort of the, era that we grew up in as far as internet goes and i remember one of the things that i remember while i was listening to it was just the most random thing was you remember uh mac addicts did you ever get that magazine yeah, no no so mac addicts was like mac world okay and magazines used to come with a cd inside that had demo software yep so you would get this magazine you would get your cd with demo cool demo software and in one of these mac addict magazines was this Super cool. I was super into The Simpsons, this TV show. And there was this Simpsons animation studio inside where you basically you could create your own story. I mean, I'm talking about this is 19, shoot, 1995 or something like that. I mean, it was okay. before you would even think about, you know, animation. There was someone who wrote or I'm sure it was you know sponsored by The Simpsons or some sort. And it was just a game where you got to animate your own Simpsons characters in your own Simpsons episode. And I only had the demo. So for the demo, you could only like animate like a minute's worth. I never actually got the real game. And, um, but I got, it got me thinking, I was like, man, in 1995, I was animating on my Mac, you know, super old, real rendered stuff. Like they figured out how to do it. And today yeah. we have these like special cards and rendered farms and, ridiculous processors that do ridiculous things and but back then it was happening too and how cool was that i mean it was just the coolest thing that i got to animate my own simpsons episode and i hadn't remembered about that game in like forever i mean it was I, obviously since 1995 so I, I hadn't thought about it yeah but listening to that podcast i was like man i remember that simpsons game and it was such a cool experience to kind of and this is me by myself in my car driving, you know, so it wasn't like even like I could even tell anybody I'm thinking about the game. And it was it was cool. It was it was definitely oh, a cool experience. Sounds like it. And I've thought, you know, a few times about about, you know, just amazing how how there was some cool software back in the days. And, um, you know, just like how how did they do that back then? Um you know, one of the things I remember is spending a lot of time in CompUSA, just walking the software aisles, you know, when you buy actual box, you know, for, for right. software and just, right. you know, like looking at, you know, cover of a book, you know, trying to figure out what this is and what it does and what can it do for me. And, and, you know, I think as a little kid looking at, you know, some of the quote professional software out there, uh, um, you know, um, Maybe it was bookkeeping, maybe it was uh, AutoCAD, you know, but going, huh, you know, maybe someday, you know, that, that seems pretty cool, you know, using your computer for actual work. So, for actual work? For yeah. actual work. One, yeah, my very first experience with the internet wasn't even with the internet. 
this is kind of a funny story. I've, I don't think I've ever even told this story to anybody. And, and I also remember because of this podcast, they were talking about Netscape. You remember Netscape? Yep, I do. I do. So Netscape, basically the original browser, yep. right? Until Internet Explorer came around, Netscape was like the only thing you could use. And so ultimately there was, if you clicked on the about Netscape, you know, on the top, you could basically load an HTML page, but it was an offline HTML page, but it had hyperlinks and it had images and it looked like a website, like a website would have looked like, you know, in 1994, 1995. So I was like, man, this is so cool. I got to have this. So my dad had, you know, the floppy with Netscape in it for his computer. So I was like, oh, what I got to do is when he's sleeping, I'm going to grab the floppy. I'm going to stall it on my color classic and I'm going to have internet. And so I did when he was sleeping because he used to work at night primarily. I took the floppy disk. I went to my Mac and I installed it and I put it on. I opened it. I clicked about and bam, I had internet in my color classic. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. True awesome. story. 100% true story. And, you know, you can navigate through the pages. Now I know what it is. But back then, I was online in Victor's eyes. I was, you know, seven-year-old Victor on the internet. How cool was that? I felt like awesome. I was like, yeah, I'm online. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, another trip down memory lane. I think first experience was when we, when my dad signed up for AOL. And uh, I think the first website him and I visited together was Lego. Um, and there was, you know, I think they're just basic information about the company and contact form. And it was like, oh, yeah, just, you know, send them a letter. Send them, you know, like, you know, just a nice letter. Hey, my name's Yanni. I live in Florida. Yeah. No nice way. to meet you. Yes. Yeah, like <laughs> you know, I'm sure we got a, got a response from there. But, uh, yeah, funny. just, uh, it was, it was, Man, it was a mind-opening experience, you know, when you, you, the world just felt so much more connected and in this instant. Yeah. Yeah. But, man, it's been a great first episode for season two. I am very happy with it. We went. Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, big, to big range of and... topics. Yeah, man. Let's get back on it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And for those of you wondering why Victor's commenting on my shirt, no, we are still hundreds of miles apart, but this is the first episode. He had this great idea. Hey, let's, uh, you know, set up a FaceTime call to, you know, watch each other. And, uh, yeah, yeah, this is, uh, this is cool. So, um, yeah, we're going to keep it going from here. Thank you for tuning in and, uh, we'll come back with some more, more cool content. Awesome. Thank you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you.